0: I was looking over the side of the boat at fish bouncing on the water. Small flashes of white occasionally sparkling the surface. A great expanse of royal blue Caribbean sea surrounded me. I was at a small table under shade. The deck of the ship was wide and flat. Some people lounged, some sat at small bars peppered around the pool. Never mind it was barely noon. That's just what one does on days such as these. The sun was high now, but a cool breeze pushed the tropical humidity down towards the surface of the ocean. Presently lost in reverie, musing at the silver backs of creatures breaking the surface below, a young blank-faced man placed a plastic hurricane cup in front of me, causing me to look up, thus breaking my trance. This glance across the deck and back over the gunwale sent a jolt of perspective over me. And for the first time, I realized those fish dancing for attention, like so many Vegas strippers, were indeed a school of dolphins. Those sparkling dots along the surface? The rolling whitecaps of deep blue sea caused by the wake of a floating building. I was five stories up, looking over the side of a cruise ship, enjoying boat drinks. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tony. And this is Pod Tiki, where today we take our first of many sips into the colorful world of boat drinks. Now, I imagine as soon as Australopithecus discovered eating that one berry made him feel funny, he wandered over to the beach and stared at the water. There's just something about catching a buzz on the water that appeals to us. But it wasn't always calypso bands on the Lido deck. I think about Sir Francis Drake coming uh, coming upon the healing qualities of mixing cane spirits with lime and mint while marooned in Havana. The scores of plunderous piratical partying under a Jolly Roger. So how did we get from there to a twenty-something with a bullhorn leading a conga line of alcohol-bloated Midwesterners with sunglass tans around the pool while they ignore their kids? The story of Boat Drinks begins with the story of the cruise ship. In 1874, German Albert Ballin, B-A-L-L-I-N, it might be Ballin, I'm just going to say Ballin because it's cool, took over his father's immigration agency, converting it into the very successful shipping company, the Hamburg-America Line. Albert quickly rose in Germany's elite circles. I guess you could say Balin was Balin. Anyway, he had a progressive idea to fashion one of his cargo ships into a passenger vessel to offset the loss of shipping revenue in the winter months. Now, Balin designed his venture for, um, well, he designed this venture for his uber-wealthy friends who needed some convincing to board a repurposed shipping vessel for the sh- sake of pleasure. So he brought in a famed shipbuilder, Blom & Voss, to construct the first ship specifically designed for leisure. So it came to pass that on June 29th, in the year of our Lord 1900, the Princessin Victoria Louise set sail from Hamburg for a journey lasting 35 days. And where did the very first Pleasure Cruise ship sail to on its maiden voyage? Why? The Caribbean, of course. That first leisure liner boasted all the trappings of high society for the day, including a fine dining and accommodations. Uh, Eventually, more affordable options became available, and we began our dalliance with the pleasure cruise. Yet, still no mentions of bars being featured. When I hear the phrase, pleasure cruise, I immediately picture a Humphrey Bogart-type character in a dinner jacket holding a martini, nonchalantly leaning against a rail overlooking the sea while a jazz trio plays on a wooden deck. There's a small bar with an awning under which sits a woman in a cocktail dress propped up on one elbow. Here's looking at you, kid. A far cry from the tourist-laden decks of drunk moms in the Bahamas drinking Bahama mamas. For this, we return to our old friend, Prohibition. During the temperance movement, millions of thirsty Americans engaged in movement to temperate zones to do their drinking. For those who couldn't afford to stay at the Hotel Nacional in Havana or Myrtle Bank Hotel in Jamaica, there was the option of taking a day cruise which would serve alcohol once reaching the international waters. These were known as booze cruises simply going in circles in international waters, it reminds me of when my friends and I would utilize the gambling boats out of Cape Canaveral. One could pick out the buffet or sip something from the bar while watching the lights of port sink into the horizon. Then, at precisely three miles out, the ship would spring to life in a barrage of glimmering lights and worrying casino games. As the pleasure cruise industry grew exponentially, the idea of cruising became synonymous with tropical drinks. Think about the places in the Caribbean where the cruise ships went to. Furthermore, as time marched on and cocktails fell victim to pre-made mixes and putting the word teeny behind anything with vodka in it, just so did the venerated planter's punches and daiquiris of the West Indies. Not to bash cruise ships too much, we have to acknowledge they weren't the first to bedevil our classic tropicals. Indeed, an early version of a pina colada was offered as a welcome drink to guests arriving at the Carib Hilton. Let's not pretend boat drinks only apply to cruise ships, either. Growing up in Florida, I spent plenty of time on lakes and rivers before venturing out to sea. If I'm being honest, though, we mostly drank beer on the water with the occasional pre-batched margarita in uh, mixed up in an igloo cooler. A pre-tiki 20-something Tony may have drunk his body weight in Bud Light Limes on more than one trip out to Disappearing Island. Uh, then, one cold night, circa 1970, in Boston, Jimmy Buffett and his band were sitting at an open-air bar watching hockey and trying to ward off the freeze with rum and tonic water. Anybody who doesn't know, that's... um. Jimmy Buffett's actually go-to drink is either rum and coconut water or rum and tonic water. Legend has it, Jimmy got fed up with the weather and stole a cab back to his hotel. This incident was the inspiration for one of his most famous songs, a tale of suffering the winter chill while dreaming of the warmer climes that much more fit your particular brand of living, a song in which one orders rum drinks to wistfully whisk themselves into escapism, a song titled Boat Drinks. From then on, the term was indelibly engraved into the hearts and minds of tropical imbibers the world over. So, what exactly is a Boat Drink? This is the part where I veer away from objectivity and lean heavily on personal opinion. On a recent visit to a rum bar aptly called Boat Drinks in St. Augustine, Florida, I was pleasantly surprised when I attempted uh, attempted to compliment the bartender saying... Uh, with with your selection, I bet of rum, I bet you can make me an outstanding mai tai. To which he promptly informed me, "Quote, no, we are a tropical bar, not a tiki bar." Unquote. On the Pod Tiki website recipe index, I break these style drinks into three categories: um, tropical drinks, tiki drinks, and boat drinks. What's the difference? Well. Tropical drinks originated in the tropics, mainly in the Caribbean where the rum of any individual island would be blended with the local fruit, limes, orange, pineapple, mango, and banana being among the most prevalent. These concoctions were honed over time by the masters into classics like the mojito, daiquiri, and tea punch. It was during this time when a young Ernest Gant, later Don the Beachcomber, was traversing the West Indies, picking up knowledge of all these rums and how they blend with various flavors. Using his rum genuity, he exotified these libations, incorporating flavors from around the world and amalgamating tropic fruits and spices from both sides of the continent's South Seas. These were different than their Caribbean counterparts in that they were meant to induce a sense of faux-exotic escapism combining drinks with polynesian decor and hyperbolic versions of tropical adventure tiki is the blank canvas on which don beach trader Vic, and steve crane painted their masterpiece my style in the tiki universe which i've dubbed tropiki aims at smashing together the worlds of caribbean tropical with tiki exotica tropiki but the boat drink much like the cheese stands alone a boat drink can be enjoyed on a boat, or by the water, or any place a person might be drinking while wishing they were on a boat or by the water. I think a boat drink must induce vacation vibes. A waft of sunscreen should be in the air. Maybe some calypso on the speaker. Here's what I think. A boat drink can consist of any spirit, there must be a tropical fruit involved, and should be indicative of vacation indulgence. Not something you can simply order at a Bennington's or even at your local craft bar. Something that makes you think that, that... Something that reminds you that you're on vacation or you want to be on vacation. It's my belief that a boat drink should more often than not be frozen, but doesn't have to be. Indeed, some tropicals can be turned into boat drinks by freezing, right? Margarita, not a boat drink. But a frozen margarita? Boat drink. A straight-up da- daiquiri cocktail? not a boat drink, but a frozen fruited daiquiri? Boat drink. I'm going to save a deep dive on the history of the blender for a future episode, but I should mention that freezing a drink does not automatically put it in the category of subpar. In fact, the original daiquiri created by Jennings Cox was served over shaved ice, and Constantino Ribalagua Vert head bartender at La La Floridita in Havana, and the proverbial grandfather of the daiquiri, was among the first to utilize the newly invented ice blender to perfect his uh, La Floridita daiquiri number three, made famous by being the favorite of Ernest Hemingway. Some of his early daiquiris also included fruit flavoring like orange and cherry, but more on that later. I also feel like to properly be called a boat drink, it has to be easily batchable. When loading up for a boat trip, you don't want to have to bring along extra syrups and bitters and liqueurs. It should be able to be thrown together on a boat if you're making them yourself, or if laying out on a cruise ship deck, not necessitate too much thinking about what you're drinking. I don't want to have to be pensive about the nuances of Tawar when floating on a giant inflatable taco in the pool. For this reason, I don't recommend using your top-shelf booze, either. You want something you don't mind dumping a whole bottle of into a pitcher. Essentially, a boat drink should be light, easy drinking, and imbued with tropical vacation vibes. Because a boat drink can be almost anything, and there are a ton of famous and infamous ones on the books, today we're going to cover two of the most popular from the fruited daiquiri category, the strawberry daiquiri and the banana daiquiri. This could be as simple as adding a few pieces of fruit to your blender, or as complex as you wish to create with flavored syrups or blends of fruits and rums. The former method was given to me by an acquaintance from Cuba who taught me about dropping a few slices of mango into my blender when making classic daiquiris. It makes a wonderfully smooth and delicious libation. Before we get into the drinks though, let's go over the art of frozen drinks. The following tips come from a Liquor.com article by Emily Saladino. First, don't try to overproof your drink. Too much alcohol won't freeze and alter the texture of your drink. We've all added too much ice to our blenders at some point and ended up having to wait for a sip every 5 minutes as it melts. Not ideal to say the least. I recommend using crushed ice as well rather than large cubes. Rule number two. Temperature affects flavor. Ice will numb your taste buds, so when making a frozen drink, remember to add more fruit or sugar than you might think for a straight up cocktail. I learned this lesson during my first attempts at frozen margaritas. They ended up tasting like uh, tequila ice. Also, sugar syrup and fruit will add texture to an otherwise slushy drink. Next, minimize dilution by keeping your ingredients cold prior to using. Basically, shove those fruits in the fridge a few hours before you plan on making the drinks. Consider blend time. Are you looking for a truly frozen drink or more of a frapped smoothie style? I prefer frapped, like Constante made his Floradita daiquiris. Uh, Lastly, keep in mind your pairings. We'll get into this more later when we we, uh, dissect recipes, but think about which rums go with each fruit. Are you looking for a light summery session drink or something that might appeal to the more sophisticated palate? Now that we have our history and our rules out of the way, you guessed it. Let's make a drink. First, we're going to cover the banana daiquiri, which finds its roots with William Dampier. Way back. William Dampier sailed with many famous pirates circa the turn of the 18th century, but what he's most famous for is being an early naturalist. Along his vast travels he took copious notes on the strange and exotic peoples he encountered. One such missive was a recipe by the Mosquito people, natives of modern-day Honduras and Nicaragua, called misla or mislaw, misla, who knows. I'm not a Mosquito person. That influenced a drink served at Sprat Hall Plantation in St. Croix during the 1960s. Jim and Joyce heard could cook, uh, They would cook dinner for hotel guests each evening with fruits and vegetables grown in their own backyard. And along with dinner was a drink they called the Crucian Banana Squash. Made by soaking ripe bananas in gold rum for four hours, then blending with lime juice and ice, this makes a very smooth, rich drink with heavy banana flavor. From there, we jump a decade to 1971, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the most famous, or the famous, Mai Kai restaurant, where Mariano Lucidine created the banana daiquiri. Well, he put his version on the menu. Not to take anything away from one of the most prolific tiki masters, but as stated earlier, adding fruit to a daiquiri was pretty much standard practice once the blender became ubiquitous. Mr. Lucidine deserves all the credit we can muster after a few drinks, though. Because after spending 16 years behind the bar at Don the Beachcombers, he went on to helm the Mai Kai from its inception in 1956 all the way till he retired in 1980. And I'm sure we'll be seeing his influence when the Mai Kai reopens later this year. As for his banana daiquiri, what a smooth, perfectly textured, and wonderfully balanced drink. Mariano calls for gold Puerto Rican rum. I also experimented with Cruzan gold and Barbados rums. Keeping with the rule of pairing the rum to the fruit, I imagine the butterscotch-slash-vanilla notes of Barbados would go nicely with banana. I was wrong. In my opinion, the best rum for this is good old-fashioned Bacardi. I used the white, but I wouldn't go any higher than the four-year if you're insisting on using a gold. I feel like the light-column still rum adds a summery crispness with less of an alcohol bite. Remember, we're drinking boat drinks on a lazy afternoon, not sipping a Rondo Baralito. And also, boat drinks, I guess I forgot to mention this earlier, they shouldn't be really high alcohol. You, you want to be able to mitigate or, or uh, control your own buzz. If you want to just have one and feel good, or if you want to have a couple and get, and get drunk, that should be up to you. They're not meant to get hammered. So, with that very minor adjustment the pod tiki banana Daiquiri recipe is 1 12 ounces of Bacardi Superior Silver, 12 ounce of lime juice, half ounce simple syrup, half a ripe banana sliced thin, and four ounces of crushed ice. Add all ingredients to a mixer and blend on high for a full 30 seconds. We really want to frap that good and make sure there are no chunks of either banana or ice. Just to be sure, we're going to strain that once into a coop. Such a great drink, and I could honestly have one every day. Banana is such a complex flavor that it adds so much with little effort. Now, I realize some of you had heard this tale, that it's bad luck to bring bananas on a boat. To that I say, how do you think they got here? Anyway, though the banana daiquiri is my current favorite of the boat drink genre, I would be remiss to do our first boat drink episode and not cover the king of all boat drinks. The frozen strawberry daiquiri is to boat drinks, with the Mai Tai is to tiki. In prepping for this episode, I wanted to make sure I did my due diligence. I didn't want to use the boat drink moniker as an excuse to push out an easy episode where I tell you to mix some frozen Minute Maid concentrate with a bottle of light rum and call it a day. Being tiki fans, we already know the benefit of using fresh ingredients. How they transform a frat party into a cocktail soiree. But I also wanted to test if I could dignify the rum choices by varying the styles. I chose a light, a gold, and because my favorite rum for the classic Daiquiri is Plantation 3 Star, I tried that as well. Surprisingly, the 3 Star didn't hold up. Even the slightest hint of Jamaican funk clashed with strawberries. It made the drink too funky to be a poolside sipper. Look, I like a hazy IPA but when I'm out on a hot sun all day, I'm reaching for a Corona. Just the way it is. Cruzan Gold was almost my favorite. A bit more subdued and less crisp than the light rum option, but smoother, richer, and well-balanced. But when it's all said and drunk, once again, Bacardi Silver made the best frozen strawberry daiquiri. Not only is it light and drinkable, but it allows the fruit to to be the highlight. Where the cruzan demurred the strawberries, Bacardi seemed to bring out the fruitiness and really place the freshness of the strawberries in center stage. I've always said on this show that I am not a booze snob, and everything has its place. Well, Boat Drinks is the place for Bacardi. I cannot restate enough that simply because a spirit or a beer or a wine is mass-produced does not mean it's of lesser quality. Despite your prejudices, Budweiser is a premium American lager, and Bacardi pretty much invented the clear Spanish style of rum. I actually got to stand beside the original Bacardi building in Havana and look up at the Bat statue still gracing the skyline, as it still does each label of Bacardi. As it would not be an episode of Patiki without a tiny little soapbox, let me reiterate. I have been drinking rum for quite some time. All the way from the bottom shelf up to the shelves that I need a stepladder to reach. I'm not saying drink rot gut. I'm just saying if you use a bottle... If you use a $30 bottle of probitas for a batch of frozen fruit daiquiris, you're a fool. But it must be nice to have the luxury of being so wasteful. Conclusion. Boat drinks are not meant to be dignified. And Bacardi still reigns as the boat drink king of Rome. Anywhere... Anyway, anywhere, anyway, anywhere, no matter where you are, no matter any way you are. Anyway, there are a few honorable mentions before we get to the recipe. Now, listener David David G., I'm not going to say his full name without his permission, suggested to me The Essential Book of Boat Drinks by Olaf Nordstrom. I especially like the Jimmy Buffett correlation. For full transparency, I will say it's made in conjunction with the Margaritaville brand. There are some great recipes in there. In fact, I'll be using the Barbados punch for the Summer Sessions EP release party here in Nashville in a few days. But the recipe for his fruited daiquiri breaks one of my cardinal boat drink rules. It's got to be easy and batchable. Olaf's recipe calls for cream and flavored liqueur. The addition of cream renders this version more of a strawberry milkshake than a daiquiri. I do want to give another thank you to David, though for being our very first Patreon subscriber. More on that later. I also tried a standard straight-up version of a strawberry daiquiri, and I found it, eh, at best. It was pretty much a pink daiquiri, then lacked the gustatory luster of perhaps using grapefruit, blueberry, or orange. So I would stick with the frozen version if you're going to put fruit in the daiquiri. The last thing to mention would be to choose fresh bright red strawberries, and be sure to hull them beforehand. That is, to cut out the root area where the leaves sprout by making a shallow circular incision around the root and pulling it out. With all of that being said, I give to you the official Pod Tiki Strawberry Daiquiri. One and a half ounces of Bacardi Silver, half ounce lime juice, half ounce simple syrup, four fresh hulled strawberries, Four ounces of crushed ice. Add all ingredients to blender and blend on high for a full 30 seconds. Fine strain into a coupe or hurricane glass and enjoy. Now be sure to fine strain because you want to remove any of those pesky little seeds or errant ice chunks. As far as garnish, if there ever was an umbrella drink, this is it. No shame in my umbrella drink game. In fact, I use the patiki. Cocktail Umbrellas, which I still have a few of left, and maybe they'll go into a giveaway or something. The end result is a smooth, fruity, low-alcohol, and honestly not that bad for you drink. There's a lovely balance of sweet and sour, fruitiness, and just enough rum to feel good. If you want to feel better than good, just up the rum to two ounces. Fresh strawberry just goes so well in daiquiri. It's no wonder there isn't a real origin story behind it. It seems the strawberry daiquiri simply always was and always will be. Covering frozen drinks has brought me fond memories back to me. There was a bar in downtown Orlando called Chillers that served from a wall of frozen mixers churning every flavor imaginable. On a trip to South Beach, my daughter and I sat on the balcony of Wet Willies ordering from their wall of frozen drinks, getting quite tight and watching tawdry luxury cars cruise Ocean Drive. One such convertible was painted green and sported a giant stuffed Yoshi riding shotgun. But when I imagine boat drinks, I picture Lido deck of a cruise ship lounging around the pool with, while generic island music plays with some indistinct direction. I would say that is my guilty pleasure escape, except I'm not the least bit guilty about it. For the past few decades, boat drinks as a genre have been demeaned, relegated to thatch-hut beachside bars, but I'm glad to see a recent resurgence in the idea that a vacation drink can be high-quality and delicious. Sure, many are made with mixes and served up in a plastic hurricane cup, but sub out concentrated mixes and high-fructose corn syrup for fresh fruit and homemade syrups, and you have a tropical delight worthy of enjoyment on a Lido deck in the Caribbean listening to yacht rock on a pontoon boat in the lake, or floating on that giant inflatable unicorn in a pool. So, in the words of the patron bard of Pawtiki, I give a collective, Waitress, we need two more boat drinks. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tony, and this has been Pawtiki. Sources for this episode can be found at pawtiki.com under the blog post for this episode. I want to give a big shout-out to our Patreon account, which is now up and running. If you want to join the Patreon account, it is a scant $3 a month to just show some love to your favorite podcast, and I am promising I'm going to put some some uh, some benefits up there soon uh, and, and a welcome video, and I'm going to spend a lot more time on that. Um, I want to give a big shout-out to David for being our first. Um, I mean, I, I need I need to give you a... A nickname. I need uh, come up with a nickname for yourself so that I have something so I can shout you out every week. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I like to shout out the Patreons as I as as they come on board. Um, so give yourselves a nice little nickname when you come on, so I can let me know what to call you. Um, I think as far as the uh, the tropicals, uh, which I think is what I'm gonna call the the Patreons. I don't know the my tropicals and tropic guys uh so dave is the first tropic guy thank you brother i really do appreciate that to everybody spread the word please um jump on to oh and the only reason i haven't done more on the patreon so far is because i'm very happy to announce by the time you guys hear this the summer sessions volume one ep Music EP, four tracks will have be will be available available now on podtiki.com. You just go to podtiki.com, you click the little the little the little link that says Summer Sessions Volume One, and it'll bring you up to the uh, bring you up to the album page, and you can listen to the tracks. Only streaming for now. Um. Uh. I think I'll talk more about that on the Inside the Mug episode coming up. Um. Only streaming for now. Uh, only on the website and uh available for download at a later date or streaming on some other on some other platforms but just haven't quite figured out what uh you know moving forward but the but they are officially being released um tomorrow as i record this but when you hear this they'll already be out so please go and check it out and listen and uh I'll, i'll be running a contest regarding the tracks so let me, I'll just give you a little hint. It's going to behoove you to listen to the words. And then uh, and let me know what you guys think. I really do appreciate it. You can always let me know what you think on the social medias. You can always catch me. Instagram is where I am most active. But please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We almost have enough people on there to go live. But honestly, maybe I'll make the live shows Patreon only. That's an idea. Um, but you can go on YouTube and catch the Inside the Mug, which is our video-only show, and I also do some how-to videos on there to make the drinks. We're um, about Facebook. You can always catch me on Facebook as well. Um, those are the two that I'm most active on. Of course, you can always reach out on pawtiki.com. Uh Let me see. Surfside Sips Surfside Sips go to Surfside Sips and if you want your glass strawware custom or even just uh, even plain stuff I always mention how cool their custom stuff is but maybe you just want a a very nondescript plain glass straw that you can just take with you on vacation or to a restaurant that doesn't call too much attention it's all good they got that stuff too they come in sets all different sizes and shapes so um, hit up surfsidesips.com and when you check out make sure you put pod tiki in all caps all one word p-o-d-t-i-k-i and you'll get 20 percent off your discount you'll get that proverbial fat cash back and then they'll know that i sent you and it'll help the podcast out so i appreciate that um, cannot thank you guys enough for um all the hype going into the ep release i hope i want you guys to all tell me what you think about it um there's going to be more coming on some of the social media aspects because I want to be able to interact with you guys. So definitely very excited for you guys to go check it out. Like I said, it's available now when you're hearing this. And most, 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 most importantly, I want to thank you so much for listening. And I cannot wait to keep doing this. We are in the... This is the four-year anniversary month of Pod Tiki. Um, never even planned for the EP to drop on the anniversary, but it just so happens that it did. The Great Magnet is pulling serendipity has shined upon us once again the tiki gods are are happy so we have pleased them this year hopefully we will continue to please them next year as we sacrifice our sobriety to the tiki gods and um no but but in all seriousness i want to thank you guys so much and we're going to keep on doing it so um so thanks for your support and spread the word that's the only way to really help right now is to spread the word and go and drop a couple of bucks a month at the patreon and uh, it goes a long way guys i really appreciate it and i appreciate all the comments and everything and i'm rambling on now because i'm excited but i want to let you guys go so keep you tiki out there and i'll see you next time